The following was originally broadcast on Northumberland 89.7 FM. For more podcasts and learn more about us, go to northumberland897.ca. And thank you for downloading this podcast. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of Reality Realty are not necessarily the views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. This is Reality Realty, and the information presented in today's show may differ from what you see on the national news or from large GTA media groups. It may even differ from well-meant advice and expertise from family, friends, and neighbors. And you might ask why. Well, Reality Realty comes to you from Northumberland 89.7 FM and is your local real estate forum where local professionals take on and talk about all things real estate with a direct focus, yes, on Northumberland County and the communities within it. I'm Dale Bryant, and I'm a real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And here's something I just want to mention first. Just yesterday, I went in, I was talking to Sarah Jacob at SMM Law. And after, once again, after in, um, interacting with Sarah and her team, is just a reminder to me that clients who use Sarah Jacob and her team at SMM Law, how much they're receiving professional, experienced, and caring help. And, and I'm just going to say this again. Your success in real estate and your experience in real estate is directly proportional to the team in your corner. So I would recommend fully contacting Sarah Jacob at SMM Law for your real estate requirements and SMM Law is also sponsoring Reality Realty and making it possible for us to deliver local real estate information to you each and every week. Today we're going to be looking at what are typical conditions in a real estate offer? What are unique yet effective conditions for specific circumstances? And the often asked question, can I submit or can I accept another offer if there's already an accepted conditional offer in play? We'll be looking at conditional offers this morning and everything to do with conditions. And joining me this morning is Jody Ledgerwood. Jody is broker of record with Northumberland Hills Realty. Good morning, Jody. Good morning, Dale. How are you this morning? I'm doing very good. How about yourself? Same. <laughs> we we got we got just um, tricked here by oh my god by the intro music. Heart attack city out there. <laughs> yeah, we we were not in the studio, and we heard the lead-in theme song for your show for our show, and and but it just happened to be that that. That song was queued up before oh, our show. I've never seen you move so fast, Dale. Yeah, that was pretty good. Hey? <laughs> it was. <laughs> that was pretty good. So, Jody, Jody, <clears throat> what's going on with you? I know you are heavily involved in the drama community, and I mean, I've talked to you many times, and and you you have a you'll have a production going on 
or two, or even I've spoken to you and you've had three productions you're working on at the same time. What's going on with you? What's going on in Northumberland County? <laughs> well, Dale, I'm working on three right now. <laughs> you're involved in three. <laughs> it must be this three. time of year when I ask <laughs> you at this time of year then. Is that it? No, usually I do one at a time. Yeah. Occasionally two. Um, a couple of years ago, I got tagged in to fill in as somebody dropped out of a play at the last minute, and I was learning six rules all at the same time. And it was crazy, but I did it, and my mind functioned okay. So that, yeah. that's good. Wow. So this time around, I'm with the Northumberland Players, and we're heavily involved in the Armistice anniversary uh, celebrations that are going on here in Coburg, which happen to be the biggest armistice celebrations in definitely Ontario. I think all of Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, We're celebrating the 100th anniversary for five weeks, I guess the town of Coburg is. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the play Last Day, Last Hour. I play Lady Curry. And it runs from October 19th to November 11th at Victoria Hall in the Bately Courtroom. It's actually a reenactment of a court case that happened in the Bately Courtroom with regards to World War One. It's really cool if you like it, history. And how, how are people going to get tickets for that? So to get tickets for that, call Victoria Hall Box Office. That's mm-hmm. in Coburg. I'm also doing The Odd Couple in January. Uh, from January 18th to February 3rd, and that's a dinner theater at the Best Western. Nice. Yeah, a nice little comedy for me after doing a a historical reenactment. Yeah. And then I'm assistant stage manager on the Drowsy Chaperone that will be happening at the Chemical Capital in February 22nd to March 3rd. That's one busy schedule again. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. And I've seen you in one of those dinner theaters before. And, and uh, fantastic production. You were you were smashing, <laughs> as I would uh, expect you to be. And, uh, yeah, a lot of fun at those things. It is. It, yeah. it is, depending on what you're going to. Some of the mm-hmm. plays are heavy and some are a lot of fun. I think the one yeah. you saw was either Boeing, Boeing. or It Gen- was Boeing, it Boeing. It was. Yeah. And that Just a fun. It was a fantastic farce. And we actually put that play into competition and we won the Eastern Ontario Drama League and then we also took first place at the Ontario level. So the provincial level we won first place with that. So so people are sitting there not just like me enjoying the entertainment, but people are judging you. Yes. <laughs> Come on, I love competition, Dale. You know yeah, this. I know, I know. Well we're gonna get out of the entertainment and we're gonna go back into what did you call it? The heavy? The heavy. <laughs> the heavy. We're going to go back into the heavy because we're looking at conditions today, conditions in an agreement of purchase and sale. Uh, we're going to also look at typical time frames that you might expect uh, for different conditions to take and different ways to remove conditions from a conditional offer. So we'll do all that, but we'll start the show off with Snapshot for October 11, 2018, and it's your local report on what's happening in Northumberland real estate. There have been 106 single-family residential sales over the past month, and that's a decrease in sales for the third week in a row. This leaves us with an inventory of 461 residential listings for sale. The average selling price of successful sales over the past year is approximately $411,000. And during this past year, people have received on average approximately 98% of their asking price in a market time of 46 days. 
We're still in a seller's market with an absorption rate of approximately 23%, and that's based on the past month's sales trend. But this 23% is getting awfully close to a balanced market. Typically, a balanced market is between 15 and 20%. So this means we have a residential home inventory that can satisfy approximately 4.4 months of sales at the rate homes have been selling. Where do I get this information? I use CoreLogic's matrix system. So you say, how do you get access to matrix information? Well, you get it through a local realtor who's a member of the local board. Uh, why bother with these stats? Well, fact is the dollars are in the details and this is the kind of information that you and your realtor will be looking at when you're buying or selling a home. And you'll want this information to be area specific specific to the property type you're selling and the price band it's in. And Snapshot is a look at the Northumberland wide statistics. Your local realtor can help you understand the market information most important to you. Today's mortgage rates. Five-year fixed still as low as 3.24% and five-year variable as low as 2.70% and as always some conditions do apply and th today's mortgage rates come to us from mortgage broker Carol Ann Bryant with Dominion Lending Centers and Jody just a, a comment on the stats because I do the stats here every week and I've had people and I post them on social media and I noticed since I've done this I mean other realtors are posting them as well which is a great idea um, is good information for the community. But I've had this question come up. Dale, why are your stats different than the other stats that I'm reading? And and then I explain that I'm I'm taking the stats from just the borders of Northumberland County only. But if we our our local board, they're providing us with stats, but can you explain what those stats look like, the area those stats are in. So there's several different ways to look at stats. Um, our local board, Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors, our boundaries are just west of Port Hope, right up to the Grafton boundary. Percy, well, I guess it's Percy Street is our boundary. Mm -hmm. So our actual boundaries do not encompass Crammy Township or, or Brighton Township. Mm -hmm. which is very surprising because both of those fall within Northumberland County borders. Um, Quinty West even falls within Northumberland County borders. So depending on how people are pulling their stats will depend on what you're actually going to see. Mm -hmm. um, and if people are reading the CREA stats that are published uh, worldwide, and those are usually the stats you typically see on the national news centers, yeah. um, they're looking at a Canada-wide stats, which which encompass Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, and those cities tend to skew um, the smaller communities. Yeah, so exactly, and 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 our stats can be so different, and are so different from those major centers. And so, if you're reading my stats or hearing my stats, and then you're seeing a posting of some other realtor posting stats, and they happen to be different, neither one of them is necessarily wrong they're right we're just looking at a different uh, geography 
my stats are within the boundaries of Northumberland County. I don't include Clarington, but I do include the likes of Cramie and, and Brighton. And, and maybe they're just using the set stats that has a, a little bit shift shift to the left. Correct. Depending on where you're standing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'd just like to mention that the views and opinions expressed here on Reality Realty or any of the articles presented do not represent the views and opinions of the station, of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors, or of any other brokerages or realtors. They're simply our views and opinions at this time. So, Jody, looking at conditions, conditional offer, all things conditions, I first thought maybe an and I just I'll just read out a couple points because what is a condition? Like there's an anatomy of a condition. And we don't necessarily as realtors need to we're not forced to think about this very much because when we go and do a deal, electronics is beautiful. We have a library of conditions that have already been written and 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 looked over and 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 checked twice and and they're good conditions for pretty much most all scenarios so we just use those conditions but if you were to make one from scratch i mean an anatomy of a condition you'd have it would include an action um and the action usually results in a, a level of of acceptance um or approval from from a buyer or seller uh, you need to know who does the action who pays for the action uh, when it must be done by, there's there needs to be a date in there. What happens if that condition is not fulfilled, waived, or removed? And uh, how the how the notice, how that document of waiving, fulfilling, or removing, um, how it will be delivered? And then and then often we have, and I don't think this is a um, you know a must-have in it, but we it's a, a good to have a best practice. We usually have it spelled out who actually benefits from the condition. Does that sound like that covers pretty much? I think you've pretty much covered it all. Yeah. So I mean, there's a plan. There's a plan in that condition. There's reasons for everything being there, right? Correct. Yeah. And most of the library of conditions that we have have been vetted by real estate lawyers. Those conditions in our library from web forms, which I believe most of us use, um, were, were created by the Ontario Real Estate Association lawyers. So they are very good, very binding conditions. Yeah, and, and I mean, there's different ways. We, we see here in Ontario real estate, we see always... Uh, condition precedent. Condition precedent means that it usually starts off with this offer is conditional upon and something needs to be done. There needs to be an action done to make that condition uh, satisfied. Whereas you can have conditions subsequent, which I mean, we all learn this in real estate school. We, we are given the ability to forget about it because we don't do this in <laughs> Ontario. And, but uh, condition subsequent uh, simply means that it's written a, the same condition, written a different way, and, and it will firm up if you do nothing. And, right. and I believe the reason we're not using condition subsequent, where if you do nothing it firms up, is because there's a chance things can 
mistakenly firm up because you just forget to get around to it. So we, we have it where you need to be very intentional about making something as serious as a, a real estate transaction happen. Correct. Yeah. So th- just a little background, maybe trivial background, but a little background on, on what a condition actually is or what it could be, right? Right. I'm going to ask you this. Okay. Okay. Because not everything, okay, when, when we find conditions, where do we find them in the offer? In the offer, it's usually on the schedule, which tends mm-hmm. to be, I believe, page six. Mm-hmm. Sometimes six, seven, eight, nine, ten, depending on how intense the offer is. Yeah, how many, how many conditions are in there? But not everything in that schedule A or schedule B or schedule C on, on page six and on, not everything there will be a condition. Some things are simply terms. That's right, clauses. Yeah, what's, what's the difference between, say, uh, a condition and, and a term or, or a clause? Well, a condition is something that has to be met by a certain timeline and can be removed or, or waived, but it's something that has to be dealt with by an expiry date. A clause just says, yeah, we both agree to this. We It could be a representation, a warranty. It can be, yes, you can come back to the property a couple of times, but you don't have to. There's no time limit on it. It just says, yeah, we agree to something or other, or yes, you can come back and see the property. Um, there's no timeline. It's not necessarily going to thwart a deal. Correct. I don't even know the last time I used <laughs> that word. That's a great word. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Conditions. What kind of conditions would be typical conditions we could expect to see on many, many, many agreements? Typically, you see a financing condition, an inspection condition, and insurance conditions. Those are the top three that I see in most offers. They're usually the ones that I use in every offer, unless my buyer is... Uh, completely against one of those. Um, Mm -hmm. They're in almost every offer that I do. Um, If we are looking at a property with a well, I'll have a water well condition. If it's got a septic, I'll have a septic condition in there. Um, But those are typically the three to five that you'll see, especially here in Northumberland County. Mm -hmm. So so if somebody's receiving an offer from a buyer and they see a a financing condition, they see an inspection condition, they see an insurance condition, not to fret. That That's not necessarily considered a big, long list of conditions. Is that's it? it. It's not a deal breaker. It's very, very typical. And typically as a seller, I want to see the financing condition in there. I want to know that these people have the money, that they've gone to the bank, they've got the approvals, it's in writing so that should anything go wrong on closing date, we've got that letter from the bank saying, yes, they were approved. So mm-hmm. we know now where to go to for blame, is, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. And, and and another condition that isn't as common as those ones, but relatively common, can be uh, a lawyer condition. Yeah, actually, I'm seeing more and more mm-hmm. lawyer conditions where the buyer has the opportunity to take the offer to their boy buy or to their lawyer, sorry, mm-hmm. yeah. and have it vetted to make sure that their interests are are being covered. And I'm seeing it with seller as well. And if I'm doing a multiple representation agreement. I always have a buyer and seller can take it to their lawyers and have it looked over. Mm -hmm. It's just, I mean, just putting it in there as a realtor and and recommending to put it in there 
it's just a reminder to our clients that yeah you have that you have that ability to have uh, a legal set of eyes look this over and make sure everything is is going right because sometimes those lawyers will ask their client different questions that are um, that maybe haven't been asked yet that that are really pertinent questions to to the deal right Correct. And uh, if people are very close with their lawyers, they may know more about the people's situation than we as realtors will know mm-hmm. uh, and can bring that to the forefront. Yeah, there there could have been different conversations that happened. And so another another great and common and common condition. Now, you mentioned, Jody, you mentioned well and septic. So that's sort of like uh, specific, uh, special, I, I would consider that a special condition depending where you live, but why don't we take a break? Sure. Why don't we take a break and why don't we look at special conditions, um, that you might see in an agreement of purchase and sale. So folks, you're listening to Reality Realty and we will be right back after this message. Welcome back. This is Northumberland, 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And our topic this morning is all things conditional. Look at the conditional offer and the condition within it. And our guest this morning is Jody Ledgerwood. And Jody, jumping Jody. (laughs) I am not jumping Jody, but man, that gave us a good chuckle. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right after we got off the air, we heard from jumping Jody. And that was was (laughs) good timing again. So before the break, Jody, we were talking about uh, common conditions that you can find in uh, agreement of purchase and sale, or some people refer to it as the offer. Then we just started to talk about specific conditions, um, very effective, but specific conditions. And, and you'd already mentioned two of them uh, quickly, and that, that's for rural properties. And what are they? So the water condition, if there's a well on the property, I always have a water condition in there. You want to make sure that the water you're getting is drinkable or potable is the, mm-hmm. the legal terminology. Um, you want to know what the flow rate is. If you've got a family of eight moving into a property with a well, you want to make sure that well is going to serve your family um, and not go dry all the time. So I usually have a flow rate and, uh, and a potability test from the health unit as a condition of the purchase. And, and the septic, if you've got a septic system, I want to make sure, one, that the septic system is emptied before my purchasers take the property. You wouldn't want to leave your garbage for mm-hmm. somebody else, hence that is garbage. So let's get it out of there um, and start fresh with your own family. Um, a lot of times you see septic inspections. A true septic inspection involves digging up the yard, which mm-hmm. no one's going to do and no one's going to allow you to do that. Um, so typically what you'll see in a septic inspection is just opening up the lids of the septic, looking in and making sure the baffles are, that you can see the baffles, they're not uh, overrun with sludge. If they're overrun with sludge, there's probably a problem or, or it needs to be emptied or what have you. And you can replace the baffles. They're not that expensive to do. Mm-hmm. And, and the person <laughs> pumping out the septic tanks, I mean, they're, they're used to opening those lids and knowing if this is a healthy septic system or not. And uh, quite often I, I will request, you know, somebody, if, if it's a seller, getting it pumped out. If, if And going back to the anatomy of uh, the condition, you know, who's doing it, who's paying for it. And if the seller is doing it, what I'll recommend to them is ask that person pumping the septic system 
to make note of the condition of the tanks and just write it on the receipt. Yeah. You know, that it's been checked and it's A-OK, or if there's any deficiency, just put it on the receipt, and then at least we know where we're at. Exactly. Yeah. Um, permits, maybe we people will put that in a condition too, right? Correct. Especially if it's vacant land they're buying, you always see permits. Can I build on there? Can I get uh, utilities there? Uh, can I put a septic well if, if that's part of the part of the property. Um, That's very, very common. And even homes that are already built, if you can see that some work has been done, some renovations or an addition, a lot of times you'll see, we want to make sure that the permits were, were received and approved properly as well so that we know the work was done right. Yeah. And, and that the great segue, because that's another specific uh, condition we don't see all the time. I was actually referring to the permits for the septic system, <laughs> but it all, it all works, right? It does. Yeah. Mm. I mean, uh, there are, you know, other things that uh, are very specific to certain properties and, and circumstances. Like you said, uh, we can see that there's been work done to the house, and we're, we're not talking about painting and flooring. We're talking about a major addition and yeah. you can pretty it, it's almost pretty obvious when an addition has been put on because the brick doesn't match or the siding doesn't match or you can see that we've got a six to eight inch wall on the inside of the house leading into another room well mm. six to eight inch walls are not typical of an interior of a home it's typical of an ex- exterior wall so that usually leads us to assume some sort of addition renovation project happened on a major scale. Mm-hmm. And, and if we're looking at a, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, if, if we're looking at a 10, 20 year old home and we see that, and we, then we have clues. Now, if we're looking at a century home where we see that, are we necessarily asking for permits? Probably not, because no. 10 to 1, that addition <laughs> was done 50 to 100 years ago. Yeah, that's, that's just getting a little far back. Specific conditions, what about a condo? What are, are we looking for anything special mm. there? You want to make sure you get that condo status certificate. Um, that it's usually about 100 pages long and it usually costs around $100 to get. But it has all the legal implications of living in that condo. What, what surprises are going to come your way? What work is, is coming down the pipe? Rules, regulations, all of the information you need to know before moving into the condo and accepting all of those other conditions that will be placed on you once you move in. Mm-hmm. And and now that's an important one. Uh, lawyer, I mean, we, you can read it yourself, but <laughs> if you're not used to reading a status certificate, um, it's, it's a great thing to have your lawyer read it because they know where to go. Mm-hmm. And, and if they don't find it here first, they know that look there next and there next. And, and uh, the, the financial health of a condo, uh, very important. Yeah. Very important. You don't want to buy a condo to find out that they actually have no reserves and the roof needs to be done and all the windows need to be done. That's a big chunk of change coming out of your pocket when you may not be able to afford it. No, you just you just bought the condo. You're budgeting on the, the sale price and, and things that you can see you need to do. And then the next thing you know, surprise, you have to dole out an extra X number of dollars for some big uh, maintenance work. Exactly. Or the condo could be currently in the process of a legal suit, um, which could end up costing you some pretty pennies. And it could be a legal suit that had nothing to do with your time in the condo, uh, but you're held responsible. 
here's another thing. And maybe, maybe, maybe you've done it. Maybe you've been part of it. Maybe not. Because I think this is uh, not common practice in, in our community, at least. Uh, I know I've done it before, but I haven't done it every time for sure. And that is not only make it a condition for a condo that you get the status certificate and it's reviewed and acceptable, but also minutes to the last number of meetings. Mm. You know, I think once I've seen that in an offer where mm -hmm. we wanted to see the minutes. Um, I know when I list a condo, I typically will ask to see the last two to three uh sets of minutes because that'll give you a good idea of the direction that the condo corp is going into um, how how its property is maintained it, it gives you a pretty good idea and of the people that live there too um, sometimes you'll be able to pick up um, the different personalities based on what the minutes say or what is happening or what's important is there a party going on is somebody always renting this room is there complaints about uh, you know ex's dog or something mm -hmm. um, there yeah. Yeah. Are they are they in the middle of something that's not going to show up on the staff certificate? Exactly. Do they get along? <laughs> exactly. That's big if you're yeah. moving into a condo corp. And what's going to be big um, in what a few days here is the marijuana legislation. How is the condo corp dealing with that? Because you might be buying a condo, have severe allergies, and the guy next door to your condo is a uh, has some personal pot plants in his place. Mm -hmm. How is that going to affect you? Does the condo have rules with regards to that? Something to think about. That That is a <laughs> whole other show. <laughs> and and it, it, I've been thinking about that, but it's a whole other show that I'm not even prepared to handle because we just don't even know. No, it'd be a nobody show knows. Of, it'd be a show of speculation. <laughs> That's it, exactly. <laughs> well, everybody's sort of up in the arms and because every province is being left to their own devices, Nobody knows. I was watching the news last night, and they were talking about how are employers going to deal with this new legislation. So nobody knows. It's yeah. it's it's going to be interesting to see how it rolls out. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's. We we've talked about a few uh, conditions here. The even though we we do get uh, a library of yes. conditions. We don't necessarily just cut, paste, boom, done. I mean, we, we do edit it. We, we do massage it to, to fit the unique circumstances. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things that we'll edit is a, a time frame. Uh, how long for, for this particular condition to be met? Um, what are we typically looking at for accept, you know, in quote, acceptable standard even though it can change and be anything, anytime, but what would be the most common timeframes to satisfy a condition? We typically see five to 10 business days. Um, five days gives somebody a week to do whatever it is they need to do. Um, financing, I always put in 10 business days, or I, I don't like to use the frame or the phrasing business days in my offers. I like to give a specific date mm -hmm. so everybody knows it's this date. Um, <clears throat> But typically, that's what you see. And I know when you're dealing with offers from the city, you typically see three to five business days. But down here in Northumberland County, things don't seem to happen that quickly. So 
10 business days or two weeks is typical for a water condition because you've got to send, take the water sample, send it away, wait for the paperwork to come back. Um, financing condition down here in Northumberland County, it's usually not the local banks that are making the decision. So they take all the paperwork and then they send it to Toronto head office and then head office does what they need to do. They send it back to the bank wanting more information or whatever. So I find that typically a two week time frame, you should be able to get everything done unless you're dealing dealing with building permits then you're looking at a two to three month time frame or longer right and so and so most typical conditions like you said five five to ten business days some some realtors will think that that 10 business days is getting a little long and and they might cut it back um and that's the other thing there's a good thing you you talked about the different the different steps that are required just for mortgage financing and mm-hmm. and it's not all clear cut and done at at one desk by one person at one uh, sit down um and so you'll put in an offer mm-hmm. say 10 business days yep. and you're putting an offer into to my client and so we're looking at it and we're saying no 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 jody <laughs> that isn't going to happen <clears throat> you're going to have you'll get the financing done in four business days, so we we counter offer to you in four bi- four business days. What kinds of, what kind of thoughts go through your mind? Not not all of them. Just <laughs> <laughs> you know what thoughts are going through my mind. <laughs> what do the listeners want to hear? <laughs> they probably want to hear what's going on in my head, <laughs> but we will edit that out. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll say to my buyer, you know, especially if the offer returning is a good one, other than the date on the conditions. I'll say we can accept this as is, but most likely we're going to be asking for an amendment on that fourth day to extend this out because I have yet to experience any financial institution here in Northumberland County that can get financing done in less than four days. Um, Typically, I see seven to 10 days. And even at 10 days, I'm sometimes asking for an amendment too. Yeah, well, and Nate, I I would dare to say, and this is my own personal opinion, they can get it done in four days, but they don't. Exactly. And so, <laughs> so by uh, by me and, and <coughs> my my uh, seller counter offering and saying make it four, there's no way that we can make the bank or the lender move any faster. Uh, all we're doing, don't we want a successful sale? This is my thoughts. Don't we want a successful sale? Then why are you making it difficult? L- likely to fail. Yeah. Because you think because of the power of your pen. We'll put four business days <laughs> that that will make it so. It's so unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. And and I've had many uh, mortgage brokers look at that and go, "Are you kidding me? This mm-hmm. isn't going to happen in four days. Who are they kidding?" Yeah. And they're right. There's so many other people involved in in fulfilling some of these conditions that to make it a short time frame is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And and I think the reason you you're seeing. GTA realtors mm-hmm. make it three, f- three to five, not because they can do it. It's, it's a strategy because it's like, here, here's my offer. Look how appealing it is. We're going to get this done in three to five. So you'll accept it. And then at the end of three or five, we're going to come back to you and say, oh, we just need two or three more. And, and you're now invested in this deal. Mm-hmm. So the chance of you giving us just two more days and saying, okay, you know, 
It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're likely going to get that extension, which is just... It's just a waste of time it's for a, it's everybody. It's a game playing. And a waste yeah, of paper. Yeah. Now, the longer <coughs> conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, condo status certificate. We need longer than that, right? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, again, you have to go through the lawyers and the condo corp and the property managers to get these condo certificates. And then by the time yeah. they pull the 100 pages together and send it out, and then your lawyer looks it over, mm-hmm. you're looking at more than 10 days, yeah. well, 100%. Well, the, the property manager, the condo corp, has 10 days to even get it deliver together. and so mm-hmm. you need to make the request you got to go down pay for it make the request pay your hundred dollars make the request then they have 10 days and now you can't think that your lawyer that somebody's lawyer is just sitting on their thumbs <laughs> waiting waiting <laughs> to spring on to into action on this uh, review so you typically would give them another three or five days so correct so things are longer when i think of long conditions i think of sale of buyer's property Ugh. tell us about that one So, especially right now when you're in a balanced market, most buyers... Close to a balanced market. Close to a... Oh, yes. I wasn't (laughs) listening. You caught me. No, you were listening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Typically, if a buyer is going to have to sell their house, uh, a lot of times buyers are out looking before they even put their house on the market because they want to make sure that they've got a house to go to. So you will see uh, conditional on the sale of the buyer's home. Typically, you see somewhere between 45 and 60 days. Um... And, and that's that's a fair number, a realistic number, given the average time on the market right now. You know, a year and a half ago, you could have one week because that's how fast things were moving in the market. But if, if they even accept a, a sale of buyer's property. Exactly. Yeah, 10 to 1, they wouldn't have a year and a half ago. Yeah. But in today's market, I think typically 45 to 60 days is fair, as long as you can still offer your property for sale. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, you have a long condition like that. Yes. We cannot handcuff a seller Correct. Uh, for, for 30, 45, 60 days and expect them to virtually take it off their home off the market while we try and sell our home. Exactly. So what do we put in right after uh, a long condition, like a sale of buyer's property, what do we put in there to, to manage that that circumstance. So that's called an escape clause, which means the seller can still offer their house for sale in this in this uh, demonstration. They can still offer their house for sale and if and accept offers on it. If they get an offer that they find acceptable to them, then they have to give the buyer so many hours. Typically you see 24, 48 or 72 hours. Give that buyer notice to firm up all conditions in the very first offer. And if they can't firm that up, then there's a mutual release signed and the sellers are able to go forward with that second offer that came in. Mm -hmm. And now you mentioned to remove all conditions and maybe the the seller, that's what the seller wants to see. Exactly. Um, The buyer might say, no, just to remove, let's give you, give me 24, 48, 72 hours to remove this condition so that then I can fulfill the other conditions. So Everything's negotiable, right? Everything is negotiable. Everything's negotiable. Now, here's here's my own, you know, I don't know if I call it a pet peeve or just a concern whenever this the escape clause is, is um, enacted and, and put into play and somebody has now, maybe a buyer wants to put in the second offer 
to hopefully bump the first offer. But the first offer has, tw say, 24 hours right. to firm up. Now, my buyer might say, oh, okay, I'll know within 24 hours. But that's not really the case because... It's more than that. It's more than <laughs> it's that. So more when than that. so when you th when you see um, that 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 condition has a twenty four hour escape clause, what what are the things that can get in the way to make it more than than, than just twenty four hours? The timing again, delivery. So the seller has now accepted the second buyer's offer that says I've got twenty four hours to get out of this deal, and the first offer says you have to give me twenty four hours notice. That means those things have to happen simultaneously for that 24 hours to be legit. So as the buyer in the second offer, they've actually got to give more than 24 hours. I usually say 48 hours because that gives the seller now time to drop the paperwork, uh, sign it, and deliver it to the original buyer. Mm -hmm. And then give that original buyer their full 24 hours as it states in their contract. And then for that buyer, they've got their 24 hours to either fulfill all their conditions or sign a mutual release. Then that paperwork's got to get back to the seller and their representative. And then once that paperwork is signed, then they can deal with that second offer mm -hmm. again. None of that's going to happen no. simultaneously. No. And I mean, we could get notice to fulfill. Uh, I mean, last night I worked, I worked close to one o'clock in the morning. So if I'm sending out papers to another realtor, I'm not expecting them to be up. So if I was if I was to send in a notice to fulfill to uh, another realtor yeah. on behalf of their client, and I email it, I email it at midnight. Well, that that's that's considered delivered. Exactly. Well, I can't I can't expect that that realtor might have went to bed at ten o'clock. They may not read it for another six hours. And not only that, their buyer and might be in bed or at work if they're on a midnight shift. Or, 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 or at work and, and not all jobs allow us to have access to our computers or to be able to uh, meet, exactly. meet someone and sign something. So, yeah, something to keep in mind. Jody, we're already at our third and last break. So, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Jo join Jody and I after this break, and we will continue to talk about the conditional offer and the conditions within it. Welcome back. This is your local real estate forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And our guest this morning is Jody Ledgerwood, and Jody is broker of record with Northumberland Hills Realty and this morning Jody we're focusing on conditions conditions found in an offer uh, conditions can be confusing right <laughs> they can be they can yeah and especially for buyers and sellers who are what's the average uh, years that go by before somebody sells their home probably five to seven years mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And yeah, and in five to seven years, a lot changes. The law is constantly changing. Our paperwork is constantly changing. I have buyers that say, well, I bought five years ago. I didn't have to sign 10 pages. Well, today you do. Yeah. All right. I want to I wanna talk about this first. We just talked about long conditions, mm -hmm. and long conditions are usually followed up with an escape clause because now the seller... Yes, they've accepted an offer with a long condition, but there's an escape clause there. And they're still allowed to keep that home for sale, as you mentioned. And, and if 
uh, an uh, acceptable offer comes into them, then the first offer will sort of have like a first rate of refusal for whatever hours have been stated in that escape clause. Yeah. And <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Okay. So then I'm thinking about, and that could happen for another condition too that's long. Yeah. That could happen for a condition like maybe, and you mentioned this already too, when you need permits or something mm -hmm. and you need to deal with a municipality <coughs> or a township, that could be a long condition. So maybe there'd be an escape clause in that too. Maybe. It's, I mean, everything's negotiable in what we do, right? That's it. And so one of my questions, one of my things I'd like to look at, and this isn't the thing I started wanting to look at because actually that one slipped my mind. But <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I want to look at is how do we get rid of these, get rid of these? How do we satisfy these conditions when the seller says uh, or the buyer says, I've, I've, I'm satisfied now with this condition. I can move forward because we are doing condition precedent mm -hmm. and we need to satisfy it with a document. How do we do that? Well, there's several ways. So if they've actually done the work, they've got their answer, they're happy with it, I always do a notice of fulfillment of condition, which says we've done it, we're happy, and we can move forward. If they didn't do the work because they just felt they didn't need to, such as a home inspection, ah, I, I'm pretty happy with the house condition, I don't want to spend the money on a home inspector, I know what I'm doing, I'm pretty handy, um, then I'll do a waiver. And a waiver just simply removes the condition from the offer as though it was never in there to begin with. And then you have the amendment. So what if there's something in the offer you want to change? Mm -hmm. um, take out, remove, delete, spelling mistake that you want to fix, whatever. Then you can also fulfill or waive in that amendment. You insert things, you delete things. Um, so in the amendment, if you've done any, everything, but you wanted to change maybe a little something else in the offer, um, you can delete that, that condition mm -hmm. and then insert whatever it is that you wanted to change. Or just remove it completely if that's how you want to do it. And, and I'd have to say we, sh we should be accurate about how we satisfy and remove those conditions because if say we had a home inspection condition and we had a financing condition and and as you your scenario pointed out maybe the the financing was was actually fulfilled they actually mm -hmm. received an okay from their lender to get the financing but the home inspection they just said ah we don't need that mm -hmm. i mean as handy as it would be to just put it all on one waiver or one uh, fulfillment, we really should indicate the true nature of how this condition was removed. Correct. And, and there should be two forms, right? 100%, yeah. yeah. Um, when I would use an amendment is if a home inspection was done, but they found discrepancies and, this, and they've renegotiated who's going to pay for those discrepancies or fix them, I would use an amendment then taking out the home inspection and then adding the seller will do X, Y, Z mm -hmm. to fulfill that. Yeah. Or, or sometimes, I mean, if there's another change too, mm -hmm. uh, like a closing date change and, yeah. and maybe, maybe it's, I, I, I find me personally, I find that if we removed a uh, home inspection mm -hmm. condition with an amendment because we happen to be changing something else, 
I think that's less misleading than putting in uh, it as a fulfillment when it actually was waived. Exactly. Because you're not saying w one way or the other. You're just saying we removed it. Exactly. And and then I mean the history the of of what happened will will tell we'll the still tale. Still be there. Yeah. Um, Here's a good question. I, I remember the question I wanted to ask. Okay. Because people are asking this of us all the time. Uh, they'll say to you, Jody, there's a conditional offer on that home. Can I put a condition, uh, can I put an offer in on it anyways? Ugh. This is where it becomes a moral thing for me. Can you put an offer in? Of course you can. You have to add the condition um, that the seller can get out of a previously accepted offer. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you can. Um, should you? Probably not, because it might taint how the seller deals with the conditions in his current offer. Um, and I did have that happen to me once. The seller was very cooperative at the beginning with um, fulfilling stuff. We found some discrepancies in the home inspection and they were completely open to fixing them and what have you. And then another offer came in, a better offer. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the seller went, I want that offer over this one because it's better. So I'm no longer going to negotiate in good faith and I'm going to try and get out of this offer by being Breach. as difficult as possible. And we didn't know that another offer had come in until after the the deal fell apart. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, I have a big problem with it, especially if I'm representing a seller. I have a big problem with that. Morally, it causes a lot of conflict. And I think it's a breach. And it interferes with the ability to negotiate fairly and honestly and in good faith with the first offer. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're absolutely right. Uh, if if you do put another offer in, and we're ta we're not talking about a condition that has an escape clause. We're talking about a condition without an escape clause. Exactly. And and so, if you do decide to put that offer in, like you say, there needs to also be um, a condition in there that the seller is is released from a previous offer, and and yes, okay, so that if if there's a condition in there that the seller has some has some ability to manipulate, that could cause a little trouble. Um, most of the time, the conditions are on the buyer's end that Correct. the buyer needs to fulfill. In which case, it either happens or it doesn't. Right? Exactly. Um, the only the only thing, and and I know we can, we typically don't. We typically wait to see if an offer firms up or not. But Correct. But what about a house that's pretty hot? It's got an offer in on it, and and if it doesn't firm up, next thing you know, you got two buyers going at it. Yeah. Um, it's a good plan in that case if you're <laughs> the buyer. It's a great plan, <laughs> right? Yeah. So so you do. I mean, answer is you do. There's considerations to be made, right? That's right. Uh, there's nothing that says legally you can't have another offer come in but morally and ethically you're you're actually stepping on the toes of a fair negotiation or nego negotiating in good faith mm -hmm. in another deal good faith mm -hmm. good faith that's a great that's a great thing to say because conditions we put conditions in because they're to be used for what they say they're to be used correct and you know and 
I'm sure we've all heard it. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll just put in a home inspection condition, <laughs> and and all. It doesn't matter because this other thing I'm thinking of in in, in the periphery in my mind. Um, I if that doesn't work out, then I can always get out of it on the home inspection condition, or I can always get out of it on the financing condition. Yes, that is not good faith. Good faith. So, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I have seen that done, and it's not a practice that I particularly approve of. Um, but I have had buyers as well say, well, I don't want them to turn me down on financing because there's another offer in there. So I, I just want to do a home inspection, but if I can't get the financing, then I can walk. And because our conditions typically say in the buyer's sole and absolute discretion, they don't have to give a reason why, and they don't have to renegotiate that reason. They can just walk away. But if if their home, if that home turns out to have a pretty banner, a home inspection report, and that seller knows that home is great, mm-hmm. and and there there'll be issues with every home, but they'll be so minor in nature. I mean. That, that could be court-worthy. Yeah, I was going to say, it does open up the door for a lawsuit. Yeah. Um, so you're definitely taking your chances. Um, it's always best to be honest. I- if you're worried about financing, put it in there. Just be mm-hmm. honest. Disclose, disclose, disclose. Mm-hmm. Y- you, you're, you can't get beat up for disclosing. And then if you do have to pull away because of financing, even though the home inspection was marvelous, then at least you're being honest. Your integrity is still intact. Yeah. Uh, and people will still want to deal with you. And it's not the last good home. That's don't right. don't put it don't put it all on the line that you're you're going to end up losing losing your own integrity mm-hmm. and and maybe losing you know financially as well and, and because you're beat in court over you know trying to cheat the system. Exactly. Just do it right. That's it. And people talk and eventually yeah. the real truth will oh, come out. Oh, the truths come out. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, Jody, We're shy. We're done. Time. We're done. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Thank you. Uh, Jody. thank you for coming a- again today. Uh, you, you have great insight on, on the topics every time we get together and, and look at uh, real estate on the show. Um, if people are interested in getting that insight in their corner and building a good team, how can they get in contact with you? So you can text or call me at 905-269-7653, or you can email me at jledgerwood at nhrealty.ca. And I'd also like to thank SMM Law for sponsoring Reality Realty and partnering with us to bring you local real estate information. If you have any questions or comments about today's show or for any real estate questions, feel free to contact me by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca. I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And don't forget to join me next Thursday from 11 a.m. until 12 noon for Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, Truly Local Radio. Until next week, folks.